Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. I don't, okay, I don't know what it's called, but is it something to do with nearly cutting off your bollocks? Where should I store my dam? Store it in the wall. Hannah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, play Wonderwall again. I will. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. Hello and welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. I'm very excited to introduce our guest for this episode. It is the fantastic comedian, Ria Lina. My own mic, Ria. How are you I today? I saw that. I was like, "Wow, this is aggressive." You really, you started before everybody else, didn't you? On the old, on the old drinky poos. Um, yeah. Hi. Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, I'm I'm joining you in spirit with a root beer. Yay. Oh, I, look, your body, your choice. It's absolutely whatever you really? feel like imbibing. Yes. I don't know anymore in these days. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I just don't know whose choice it is, but it doesn't feel like mine. You know, I, I think we're in the last days of of any sort of choice, but <laughs> we'll tackle that later. Um, 
Rhea, thank you so much for being with us. Um, we always open the podcast with the same question. Okay. And that question is, have you Seven. ever been... Oh, no, different question. <laughs> Sorry. 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 <laughs> Wait, now we have to find out. <laughs> what was the question? I had a good year. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> is that how many how many people you've slept with this year? Oh, gosh, no. Oh, okay. No. Because I was like, heavens, I'm not that no, good. It's work, right? <laughs> <laughs> in the first quarter. Yeah, it's We're much. in Q1. <laughs> how many of the tomatoes that I planted in the pandemic survived? Uh, seven. It's great. Seven. It's good. Really it's good. good. Some of them even went red. I was I was very impressed with myself. Oh, you should. And I live in a basement, which is actually <laughs> That's relevant to to phone. your question, to your real question. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that question Whoa. is: Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Yeah. Tell last us month. about it. Oh, it, gosh. Last it. month, I shouldn't be so gleeful. Um, <laughs> but yes, last month we live in a basement, masonette, and the back of the uh, the back of the building backs onto like courtyards that other people can have access to. Okay. One of which is an abandoned nightclub. Not abandoned. It's just shut. It's not open. Okay. Um, you know, pandemic happened and it never reopened. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, in the UK, it is not legal anymore to squat in residential properties, but it is still legal in commercial properties. Huh. As long is as you- that right? Yes, That's I know. That's a fun loophole. I know. If you yeah. ever do Celebrity Hunted, <laughs> she touches the side of her nose, remembering it's a podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. We do a lot of that. We're like, look at my jumper. Oh. <laughs> It is pretty though. I oh, do thank like, you. I love a rainbow. Thank you very much. Um, so, so legal to squat in a commercial property. So legal property. to squat in a commercial right. property, but you can't like commit a crime while you're there, or you know, you know, run up the bills or anything. But generally, if you're a couple huh. of squatters in a commercial property and you turn the lights on and off, no one's really noticing. Okay. Um, it turns out that there is a gang that's learned this that you can get into commercial properties sure. legally, and they've set up a squatting network. And they go and what they and it's quite clever, really. They go online, they find out which businesses are like in court arguments with landlords or, or right. other people, and then they know that those businesses aren't going to open for a while because they're in court problems. Yeah, and then they go in right. and they and they break into these premises and then they they hang out there. Uh, and wow. so I don't know if they found I don't think they found this nightclub that way, but that some people from that network broke into the nightclub and started staying in the nightclub. Now the nightclub oh. gives them access to this back area, which gives them access to our flats and other places and the rest of it. Right. And, and so one morning they come through the courtyard and, and they see our back window and there's no one in the room. And so they break into the back window oh, and no. they, they come in and they shut the, the door of the one room from the inside and they proceed over the course of a couple of hours to strip the room completely wow. bare of anything of worth. And when we tallied it all up, it was oh. worth about fifteen thousand pounds of equipment because no. it was like home studio stuff, <gasps> computers, instruments, oh, guitars. No. We're a musical family. We're oh. you know we're an IT savvy family. Oh god! And it all went this was out your the ba- fun room. Oh, and it actually, it was my ex husband's room. So I'm really, <laughs> really torn up about it. <laughs> Really, really upset about it. Um, and one of the things, because, you know, I was just like, oh, no, did that lock that you self-installed on the inside of your door prevent us from being able to stop the crime sooner or even be aware that it was happening uh, while you were oh, shit. while you were staying at okay. your girlfriend's house? Oh, no. Wow. 
so you were actually gone for the day? Oh, no. Um, so anyways, they, they took all of his stuff out and okay. back through the courtyards and back into the nightclub. Um, and when he came home later that day and couldn't open his own door, he realized very quickly what had happened. Now, we didn't know that there was right. anyone in the nightclub. It had been empty for ages. Uh, but we figured it out pretty quickly because there's no other way. Because it's a you know it's a dead-end courtyard. The yeah. only way to access it is from like our right. neighbors and, and these and the commercial there's buildings. There's no alleyway. There's so no you know other somebody. option. Okay. There was no other option. Mm-hmm. And so he immediately goes next door, realizes that there's somebody in there, uh, and then starts banging on the doors and banging on the windows. And he is an ex-bodyguard, ex-bouncer. He is six foot two. Okay. Just, he's a solid tree of... <laughs> Of, of man muscle and he's there banging <laughs> on the door and the poor poor guy whose name was Alex poor Alex was freaking out because he was obviously on some kind of drug at the same time going <laughs> and he starts freaking out um, and luckily just in time uh, one of our, my my kids friends comes along because we called we sort of called in the brigade and said help and he comes along and he is a born and bred central Londoner and he speaks the lingo and he speaks the language and he comes in and he knows immediately whatever Alex is on he knows how to talk yeah. to Alex and he he stands outside. He's like, yeah, man, no, I get it. No, no, life is so tough. I know the man, right? The man, he's just, you know, <laughs> not my husband, but just the man in general. You know, just talking to him, just going, yeah, it's really oh, tough. You wow. know, I get it. I get it. So, so he starts charming the pants off of this <laughs> squatter, this high squatter who decides, who, who realizes actually he's like, you know what? I don't want trouble because they, their, their racket is commercial buildings. Mm-hmm. They don't really want a residential uh, incident called yeah. call the police, getting them, you know, alerting. sort of yeah, alerting okay. it to, yeah. to the network. So he has a change of heart and he's like, you know what? I'm going to give you stuff back. You guys are really nice. We're really sorry. No, so sorry. You know, we didn't realize. Oh. Did it. I'm like, you didn't realize. What did you think the bed was? What did you think? <laughs> yeah. What did you think the people wandering around the rest of the house? Because people were home when it happened. Yeah. Okay, that was my question. Yes, the people were home. The house wasn't empty, but it is like this basement Separate room. Yeah, it's part. kind of at the end. So it's just, oh. It, the way it's a very unusual building, the way it's it's organized, and in our flat, there, it, yeah. it's right on the end. So, and we have very thick Victorian walls, okay, and um, that it, that just sound just they, they were very quiet. They're very mm. quiet, and so he's uh, just starts, a moment to appreciate Victorian architecture because they oh, really I did know. a great job. I know, I, I don't want to hear each other's shit. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, it sucks for Wi-Fi, but oh boy, when you want to rob something, well done. Yeah, and it also is great for damp. If you are like, how, where should I store my damp? Store it in the wall. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> it will stay there for years, <laughs> and it'll just seep out slowly enough that you don't notice until it's too late, and you have to replace all of your flooring. That's great. Oh, so who, who, was home? who was in the house? Kids. The kids. Oh, the kids. Oh, and the kids are ages? The kids. Just to, just to paint the picture of... Uh, well, the, the kids are old enough to be left home alone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I wasn't trying to catch you. And how old are those? I don't know. I gave birth to them. I wasn't compass mentis on the day. I don't know. <laughs> 18 months. I have to push them out and remember what day it was. <laughs> it was a Wednesday, okay? It was a Wednesday. Okay. So was there, was there any sense of, like, how did you not hear what was going on? Or is it no, really well, that soundproof that you're... No, what gets worse okay. is that because it's a you know it's a shared 
area. Yeah. So when my son woke up this morning, he looked through he, he looked through his dad's window, saw someone in the courtyard, and Alex, mm. our lovely our lovely squatter, was wearing a high vis jacket. So he assumed it was a workman oh, of some kind, wow. and he's oh, the one who actually shut the door because he wanted you know we wanted privacy in the rest of the house, and you can see straight from the window right. through the house. He's just like dad's not here right now. I'll shut this door. We'll get on with our day. Wow. And Alex was like, thanks. I was going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Thanks so much. Oh, that, that really helped. And you know, and then in hindsight, oh. and it, not my son's fault at all, but we just went, yeah, no, fair enough, because he was just like up for a pee in the back to bed, because oh. you know they don't wake up till twelve. Or <laughs> and and so it wasn't until later that we all clocked well. It was a Sunday. If we, you know, if you're more awake, you go. No one works on a Sunday. Oh well, oh. squatters obviously. <laughs> every day is a every day is a sleep. Every day is a work day. If they're drilling right out, if they're workmen drilling right outside your bedroom window, they they will be working on a Sunday. They'll find a way. I find. <laughs> yeah, but that's where you get. That's where you can complain back again because you're not allowed. Can yeah, make it's legal, isn't Sunday. it? Yeah. I can be terribly naive just about uniform. I really do. For anything high-vis, I'm like, yeah. you are official. Like, it took me a while to realize that, like, people just cycle with high-vis so that you can see them. I'm like, <laughs> wow, they all work somewhere. Do you know how to tell the difference? <laughs> tell me. Look at their ankles. If their trousers tucked into their sock, cyclist. <laughs> Otherwise, official. <laughs> That's right. You heard it here first. Top tips from really. My friend used to do oh. that, would get into music festivals by wearing a high vis jacket and going to somebody on the gate and going, like, it's Dan around. Do you know what Dan is? Yeah. So, Dan, I'm here to do some lifting for Dan. Mm-hmm. And luckily, there's almost always a Dan, and they're like, yeah, go through, mate. They don't need a lanyard or anything. They get in. It's the, it's the high vis. It's high vis. Yeah. They do studies wow. on it how much people trust high vis. Yeah. <laughs> Stick yeah. a hard hat on. Oh, <gasps> <Hey. laughs> Forget it. I'll let you into any work site yeah. that I have access to because I have all the keys. It's amazing. You don't even need trousers. Just <laughs> I mean, Yeah. So after all this happened, yeah. Alex agrees to. To, to start giving them back. the stuff back, which requires calling the network and actually getting people to Uber back with it because they distributed <gasps> it. Okay. So it so wasn't just all handily across the Much courtyard. of it was. <laughs> much of it was. But not all of it was. Wow. And so slowly in drips and drabs, we start receiving back That's stuff. so funny. And wow. in the end, nice. we ended up getting all of it back, bar maybe like two things. Like, you know. Like financially, we're talking like fourteen and a half out of fifteen thousand pounds, something like wow. that. Wow! I've oh never heard a story like that ever in my life. <laughs> None of us would have expected this is where it was going to end. It was just like, oh no, another tale of woe. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, just no, because that's how callous. But they we didn't are. want us. To, obviously, they didn't want us to call the police, and we're like, get yeah. it all back. And by the next morning, sure. they had. Well, obviously, we had called the police because we were like, we kept calling, going, it's a crime in progress. Like we can point you to the people. <laughs> yeah, we know where they are. We know what the stuff is. Like, could you? just come and they're like yeah yeah we're coming and then every couple hours I'd be going are you coming oh, yet because it's still in progress yeah and then you know four hours later hey still in progress <gasps> they're literally next door sitting on our stuff oh, and they no. didn't want us to call because they didn't want to disrupt this network and the rest of it but we mm. had to call we hadn't quite gotten all of it back and so the police came the next morning and then and then it's the problem of of course like but where's the evidence that they took it and I went are you kidding me <sighs> and they went yeah well we know that you saw them through the window but you didn't literally see them take it and it could have been their mates that took it and even though they're giving it back we don't it's circumstantial at best <laughs> oh. I went really <laughs> the 
the circumstance of them being there handing us our stuff back is yeah. not enough evidence. Was not enough evidence <laughs> oh, wow. that they had taken it in the first place. They could have just stumbled upon the empty nightclub full of our stuff and were just being helpful in returning it wrapped in very high quality linen tablecloths uh, <laughs> that they found either in the nightclub or from some other place that they'd been. Uh, and so they so they didn't want us to call. We had to in the oh, end. Man. And then they're like, "Can you just?" Like, just let us be? Can we just live there? Because it wasn't technically illegal. But the police arrested them, took them away, had to release them. They okay. released them um, in the end without charge. We had so much of it back. They did. They said there's not enough evidence. Uh, not enough proof. Let it go. And then the next day, they broke back in again, and they were back in the building. And no! we went, well, this, is, this doesn't work for us at all as a living situation. But oh. then luckily, one of the things they had admitted to, which again, there was no evidence of it, but apparently this was enough. They admitted that they were going to have some drug-fueled sex party at the place. And we went, yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Um, and, and then off the back of that, the police were able to quite quickly... Yeah. And, and then the people who owned the building came through with some boards and went, should we board this up? Yeah. Yeah, you should. Maybe you Gosh. should board it up. Because the argument is always with squatting. If you can get in, then you can be there. And they argue, oh, no, the door was open. Oh, no, we didn't break the door. We found the door broken. Someone else broke the door. We just waltzed in. Yeah, yeah. With the, with the open it's door. It's right. breaking so bit the crime. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is crazy stuff. I can't believe you got your shit stolen again. I thought it was No, we didn't same. get it stolen again. They broke into the... They oh, just sorry, got sorry, back sorry. in. Oh, I get it. No, they got back in. Oh. Um, and I thought you guys were a little bit... Uh, oh, okay. about that, actually. I was like, wow, aren't you as shocked as I am? Okay. <laughs> no, they just broke now. back into the building and we said... You know, while we <laughs> could have probably have lit, cohabited the way you, you know, when you have a mouse and by, you know, after three days you get used to it and you, you name it, you know, and you just clean up its poop off your counter and you're just like, oh, look, it's, you know, it's a little lazy. <laughs> you know, the, we could have learned to live with Alex, the squatter. Right. Um, and his girlfriend who, who actually was a music producer. Um, yeah. She was sitting there the entire time just on her computer making some beats, making some beats. Wow. <laughs> Oh. And she was so upset. She was like, I don't have anywhere to live, and I just need to make my music. She was so upset. And I'm there going, but the sex party, right? You know, the, beats, <laughs> but the beats, you're making the sex party. I'm really sorry. If it wasn't for the sex party, if you hadn't mentioned sex party, you probably would have been able to stay there. But the sex oh, party. Oh, man. We really, we have, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but we do have kids. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and I just, I'm not ready for them, you know. Too. <laughs> we're not ready for the sex party. We're not quite ready for the sex party. Boy, a lot of pressure putting together a playlist for a sex party just as a sidebar. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want. Because I get nervous yeah. enough just with like party playlists, but like we people can't. have to be fucking to it. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't that be weird? As you know, like they're all fucking to one rhythm, and then <laughs> the song changes, and they all change. <laughs> what what would be the best song to throw and just to throw everybody right? Off. It's like careless whisper or something. <laughs> just kind of like say really slow, and some people was like, okay. <laughs> or the national anthem. Everyone has to stand up suddenly. <laughs> so well, they were already lying back and thinking of England. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Ria, we always ask on this podcast um, if you could say anything to the perpetrator. What would you say? But in this case, you we had did. We had long conversations. conversations with them. It's all been worked out. <laughs> it has. So I'm, I'm sorry. If you're listening, Alex, I'm so sorry. I'm sure we could have ended up being quite nice friends and neighbors, but you kind of fucked it when you broke into our house <laughs> and the sex party. It's really, it's a basic neighbor rules, isn't it? Like, don't, don't, yeah. don't break in and steal my stuff. Don't yeah. covet your neighbor's <laughs> shit. Like, right? Wife and shit. I think that's. 
Oh. No? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah in fact, are. if anything, it's, it's better there? to covet your neighbor's wife. You can't cover their oxes, I know that. Oh, you can't cover the ox? I yeah. think it's wife. Don't cover... It's, no, it's wife, and then it's ox. I mean, and then it's, there's thing. a whole list of stuff. <laughs> I can't remember oh, all the Oh, there things. is a whole list? Yeah, there is. There's what like a whole realize? gratuitous list of, of offensive things. To <laughs> cover. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, I didn't know what an ox was until... I don't know, like 10 years ago? Really? Yeah. I didn't realise that it was just, so, you know... It's a buffalo. No, it's a castrated cow that's it's grown cow. to full, like, middle age. Well, <laughs> I didn't know what an cow, ox was until two minutes ago. Wait, or is an, does an ox, is an ox still intact? See, now I've forgotten. But my, my point was, as it's a kid, like I thought a it was a whole... It's like a buffalo cow thing. It's I thought a buffalo it was a whole different species. That's what did you think oxtail was, then? Oxtail soup. I hadn't thought about it. I didn't know oxtail soup was a thing until also 10 years ago. Maybe these two things coincided. The soup, and what is this? Oxtail soup. Oxtail soup. Anyway, sorry, I got us onto oxen. But uh, thank you so were much. Were you starting to covet something and you're like, I don't know what it is that I'm coveting? Is that what happened? You were just like, what is that? Because I, I coveted it. I want, I want it so bad. I want an animal that has a complicated uh, testicle history. A testicular history? Yeah. It has to have a particular testicular history. I want a very specific testicular history. <laughs> that no one history. seems able to define. <laughs> well, that, weirdly, that's a good segue. <laughs> So are we ready for our true crime case, guys? We have our detective hats on. We're all warmed up. Is this going to beat mine? Can you beat mine? I mean, really, episode's over, right? No. I don't think anyone would beat Alex the Squatter. Alex the Squatter. I don't know why I expected a different name, but Alex. I know, just Alex. Alex. I know. Alex, no. (laughs) Stop it. Okay, here we are. Our crime today is about a woman called Sada Abe. She was born in Tokyo in 1905, and she was the seventh of eight children. Her parents were upper middle class, very well-respected business owners, concerned with appearances, and were described as having not a single moral blemish on their record. Okay, we I call you. bullshit. <laughs> it's Who funny. describes them like that? It's quite, it's quite a... It's quite a big description, isn't That's it? That's huge. You know, hey, yeah. if you met Jim and Sue, they don't have a single <laughs> on their record. Sex party is not a one. No. Yeah. Yeah. They're protesting too much. Quite a big deal around the time. Just sort of like, what is your moral compass and, and how are you appearing to everyone? I mean, they definitely like sex. They had eight kids. <laughs> they were There's one thing we I know. I laughed like I'm 12. Reputation is your references, isn't it, in these days? No, no one can Google you. So your first question is, what did Sada's mother encourage her to pursue as a teenager? Ooh, and what are we activity? In, are we in Japan? <clears throat> we are in Japan. Okay. Um, it is the 1920s. What did she encourage her to pursue? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Wrote it myself. Yeah. No, that, I... I mean, what is there to do in, in Japan in the 1920s? When you don't have a single moral blemish. Oh, 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 you I said like this. Ox. Didn't you say ox was like a good segue? They wanted her to raise Kobe beef. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love it. That's the only thing I, I'm just connecting Japan. I 
Mm-hmm. They wanted her. They, they gave her a cow, and they said massage this cow every day. I love yeah. this. I love this. Okay, so we've got raising Kobe beef. Excellent. <gasps> I don't know why I'm thinking like some kind of ballroom dancing. I don't know why. Okay. Ooh. But I'm thinking kind of pursuing maybe being a, a dancer. Okay. Yeah, I don't All know right. why. Hey, you got to go with your gut. That's what being a detective is all about. Um, singing. Singing. Yeah, Katie, you are correct. Oh, wow. (laughs) Specifically, singing and music lessons. Uh, So Sada learned to play the uh, shamisen. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was me being racist. I apologize on behalf of all Asians. (laughs) Oh, God, I didn't read it that way. I was just like, she wants to answer. I love this. You're a great guest. So I didn't even go there. Um, What did she learn? The shamisen, which is the Japanese lute, and I never knew the word for it until I researched this case. I've learned more doing this podcast than I did in all of my education. (laughs) She strangles men with the strings of her shamisen and then puts it back on and still plays it. And they're all like, where's the murder weapon? And she's playing beautiful music. Um, If not, should we murder someone like that? (laughs) That just sounds great. It's really elegant. It's really elegant murder, which is what you want with your murders. Um, Next question. What profession... Were both of these activities, singing and playing the shamisen, associated with at the time? Being a geisha. Being a geisha. Being a geisha. Correct. Oh. I'm not even going to give you guys a chance. Sorry. I'm sorry. No. Just because they were allowed to perform. Because a lot of women were just like, you know, wives and yeah, mothers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And at the time, geishas were seen, they were the celebrities of this so, era. So that's not seen as a moral blemish then. That's seen as a high status thing. Well, wow, does it get murky in this case. Okay. Um, so that's a really good question. Um, but the highest level geishas were seen as celebrities um, and they had been training their entire lives, <clears throat> learning how to entertain in different ways. So singing and music mm. were the main aspects. Now, Sada really embraced the glam aspect of this. She's like, oh, this is so cool. I get to do this because, you know, yeah. All these amazing women are doing it. So she started wearing elaborate makeup, trying to appear more stylish. This is part of her identity as Yuzu a teen. face cream. They use like use it. They? it. Yeah, they, they have these special face concoctions that they make out of use it. They never wrinkle. They'll get to like 80 years old. They don't have a single wrinkle on them. It's Ooh. incredible. What is, See, and I would just eat that because I love yuzu. What like, is, I mean, I think Katie doesn't know what yuzu is. <laughs> it's a citrus fruit. Oh, so it's sort of lemony, oh, sour lemony, and it's very nice. That's um, why I wouldn't be able to put it on my face. And be, ah. Yeah, but they, like, they boil it or something, and then they put this cream on, and it just keeps yeah. them. They look so good for so long. Oh, amazing. Wow. Um, so she began spending more time outside the house. She started sort of finding a crew of other teens to hang out with and her parents were concerned she was running with the wrong crowd um were they training to be geishas as well were they just her friends she's not training to be a geisha at the time um but that's a good point because again just there's so many as there's so many mixed messages in this case in general but um so she's not training to be a geisha for some reason her mother just thought this is a good thing for you to uh okay pursue so hang on so her mom's just like stop hanging out with all of those virginal girls who are going to just marry one man and be nothing (laughs) your vagina's for more than that (laughs) verbatim that's what she says that's so weird i know know. well i I know sue really well sue Sue from tokyo sue and jim not a moral blemish on them i don't know if i I told you that (laughs) 
Um, so um, they're concerned about her, but they're also a bit like, Anne, you're making us look bad. Um, and then something something very serious happens. Sara is assaulted by one of the boys in her group, and she does decide to tell her parents about this sexual assault. What is their response to this? It's 1920s Japan. It's 1920s Japan. It's shameful. Yeah. I'm not getting the vibe that the parents are going to be supportive. Mm. They're going to be annoyed because they're embarrassed about everything. Okay. But is it that they're going to go, it didn't happen, and pretend it didn't happen, and deal with that mental pain by yourself? Yeah. And this will come out later in some weird and twisty ways. Yeah. Or mm. is it that they go, you've shamed us, you are no longer our daughter. Yeah. That's the question. Or do they marry yeah. her off to the boy? Because that happens a lot as well. Did, mm. did he did he you? Okay, let's put you in yeah. his vicinity Ugh. for the rest of your life. All of those seem Oh, to do be... they kill him? Oh, <gasps> yes. Twist. See, well, they... that's my Sue. I, my Sue. <laughs> Mother-daughter I mean, bonding. There's nothing yeah. like bearing a body with your daughter <laughs> to really just bring the two of you together. Yeah, because when else are you ever going to do that? Unless you do it a lot. Unless, like, your dad dies or something. I suppose you can just do just that. Just keep at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hannah, what do you think? What do you think they're responsible Well, because this obviously does turn into a crime. I kind of feel <laughs> as though... Uh, well, it depends who does the crime, because if it's mm-hmm. the parents, then... But mm. if it's her, then it feels as though if she's been sort of told that this, you know, to quash it and that we're not going to talk about it and this isn't important, mm. then, like we were saying earlier, that might sort of make her sort of turn to crime a bit later because mm-hmm. she's had to, yeah, deal with all this shit on her own. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I shall tell you, and you're all, you're all kind of on to the the right thing. It it's it's almost especially sad because at first they are supportive. They believe her. They shun the boy. Obviously, they don't get any authorities involved. It's not like that. But it's we believe you, and this was a horrible thing, okay. and we support you. But stop embarrassing us with your behavior. Out with makeup on and. And she doesn't stop any of that. And she's seen other boys and consenting to sex with other boys, and they can't stand it. They can't stand that she doesn't take this experience and become more of a pure character. So then what do they do? I'm torn now. I'm really torn. No, no. Sue Sue was the Sue I think Sue did the right thing as a mother. She just went, This is awful. I support Mm, you. Yeah. But I and, and never ever victim blame, of course. But Cut this bit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm torn because, because so she's going out. Like I'm all for female autonomy. I'm glad that she's out there and doing what she wants to do with Mm -hmm. her body. But is it well? How old is she? She's like 17. So she is. Yeah. So she's 17. Oh, that's okay. Never mind. I'm not torn. That's right where the brain. You can't. You you, your frontal your frontal lobe isn't fully developed at that point. That's true. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of. It's really tricky. I think as a mother of a teenager, where something Mm -hmm. horrendous has happened, which is life experience, and you want them to learn from it. But on the flip side, you go. But they can't because their frontal lobe isn't fully developed. So short of tying her up. What were they gonna? You know, there's sometimes very little you can do if if that's the direction a girl takes. Interesting. Yeah, maybe this is when they're like, "Well, now you have to be a geisha." That's exactly what they do. Huh. Katie, you're right. You're spot on. They sell her to a geisha house in uh, Yokohama, which is a city that's uh, south of Tokyo. So it's 1922. She's 17 years old. Um, 
So lots of people have been interviewed on the back of this case. And one of them was Sada's sister who said she always wanted to be a geisha. As soon as she started studying this instrument and singing and idolizing them, this is actually what she wanted. This this was her end game. Uh, Oh, that's just one hearsay. Well, that's according to her sister. In her own testimony, Sada said, ultimately, she saw it as a punishment for promiscuity. Um, which is sort of a bizarre punishment for promiscuity in a way. Yeah, it's like yeah. You, if you're smoking a cigarette, you can smoke all these yeah, cigarettes. All the cigarettes. Um, but on the one hand, by her, again, in her own words, um, she was like, okay, well, here's my opportunity. Actually, I didn't get to choose to be here, but it is, it is ultimately what I want. Uh, your next question, did her geisha career take off? How So... How do you have a geisha career? Like, oh. do you get bookings? Like, what, what is the system? There's there's one main booker called Loads of Laughs. And they, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were different ranks. So there were like, a, and again, they'd get portrayed in various ways in like Hollywood films. And it's apparently not very accurate a lot of the time because they're always portrayed as sex workers. And some were. Um, the lower ranking geishas were almost always sex workers, but the higher ranking ones and the ones that, that people sort of, the higher ranking ones ones were not actually sex workers. They were, they were hired to entertain and keep company. But they could pick and choose. They had the power. That's the thing about geishas Mm. is that the higher they got, the more power they had to choose who they bestowed favor upon, should they even want to bestow favor. And they didn't have to, if they didn't want to. Okay. So you could have, you know, you could end up having a couple of clients that you, you favored or, you know, no clients. Or, but it's right. all about working way up. So the choice is there. That's it's like the meritocracy of sex work. Well, it kind of even sex work, well, like it's, a really high end escorts as well get to pick okay. You know, they get to pick and choose. Yeah, them. okay. Yeah, where she was at a disadvantage is that most geishas that reached that highest echelon started learning all these skills when they were little girls. It was like this is your trajectory. So she mm-hmm. she got right. into it too late. It's, right. it was, it's like me trying to be a professional basketball player. It's exactly the same. If I tried to do that now, exactly I probably wouldn't get the same, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it didn't, it didn't take off. She figures, okay, if I can't work my way up in, in the geisha world, I'm going to make regular money. I'm going to make better money in a regular brothel. Um, it's like giving up stand-up to become a podcaster. It's very <laughs> <laughs> Um, so prostitution was really highly. I don't know who I am in that analogy now. (laughs) (laughs) Am I like working my way up the geisha world still? And you're in a regular brothel? Wait, wait. It was was definitely a cell phone. (laughs) I never realized how much cell phone sounds like cell phone. Ah. What a cell phone. Um, so, food for thought there for the um, <laughs> <laughs> so now they're distracted by that they're just sitting there you know, cell phone cell phone cell phone cell phone they're not listening <laughs> so prostitution was highly regulated in Japan at the time and so there were both legal and illegal brothels which ones did you do you think paid better oh I, illegal I suppose because you don't have to pay taxes I would say okay. taxes legal <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yes, I guess say. so <laughs> Yeah. I wasn't even thinking along that technical line. Like, what is it, tax? <laughs> actually, financially, you wouldn't even pay a national insurance on that. So, self-employed. Yeah. Can you imagine their invoices? One hand job, yeah. two tip wanks. They got audited. So, says your tit wank, but I'm pretty sure that was full intercourse. <laughs> Samantha, stop double billing for tit wanks. It's yeah, just yeah, one it's wank. One t- yeah, it's two tits, one wank. <laughs> 
Le- legal ones paid more, I think. Legal ones paid more. Okay. They charged more. They got the overhead. You're right. But what about the tax, Katie? Tax implications. They can, the whole point of being illegal is that you're cheaper, isn't it? You can undercut the legal ones. Oh my gosh, I can mm. see it from both sides. <laughs> I, like, oh, I don't know. I just, I mean, she's obviously, I think she's an independent thinking woman. She I is. like her style. She is. You know, I'm thinking that she sees, if she sees geishadom as, as a punishment, then she's going to go illegal as a rebellion. That would be my guess. Mm. Very interesting. Am I wrong? Uh, well, illegal paid more. Yes. Wow. I don't know why I'm pleased about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Hannah knows her taxes. Yeah. Yeah. I was very dull. The, the danger was. Do you think was, that, do you think, on, on her services? how well they were doing it. Like, you know, so what's yeah, value sure. added? What's value added on a tailway? Um, it's hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty pretty spectacular as it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you add value with it. glitter. 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 <laughs> I've never done it. You just it. toss it at the same time that they come. <laughs> Woohoo! Congratulations. In the era where I was doing anything like that sexually, I just didn't have the rack. I do now, and it's such a shame because it just goes what a waste. completely unused. <laughs> These are useless fun bags. The moment your husband hears this episode, <laughs> you'll find it's one index finger <laughs> in the air. I'll try. No, you won't, honey. I love you. We're done. Okay. <laughs> We're done. Put your finger down. Put it down. <laughs> oh no, I did two at once. Okay. Um, <laughs> hi, mom. <laughs> My mom does lift, listen to the podcast oh, so sometimes in live shows. I just make the audience go, hi, Kathy. <laughs> so there we go. It wasn't great, mom. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try it. If you're um, <laughs> it's better for them. So, oh, my God. Shut Kathy, up. Kathy, you didn't sell her into geisha when she was 17. So I think you're doing all right. I know. Oh, I would have been the worst geisha. I'm not playing for you. <laughs> so like uh, resentful. I wouldn't do anything for your pleasure, sir. Just row, row, row your boat over again. <laughs> row, row, row. There'd be, there'd be someone that's into that. <laughs> I can play the, the very first notes of the Moonlight Sonata on a piano if anybody's interested. Yeah, I used to play guitar as a 17-year-old. No one's paying for that. Fucking hell. Pay me a stop. Breakfast at Tiffany's three chords. That is my <laughs> Yes. Hannah, play Wonderwall again. I will. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Super hot for this. <laughs> yeah. Everybody sings along to that. That's a winner. Nobody remembers Breakfast at Tiffany. It's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Wonderwall, on the radio you can, yeah. the other week when I was driving the kids back from... Um, and I said, to, what about that? Yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany. Yeah. She said, I think oh, I remember the film. Right, stop at nine seconds. Some. Otherwise, we have to pay. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. we are so spot on. Same like. rule and the illegal brothel so you finish right back to the point over nine seconds and you will pay for extra um so she she opts for the illegal route and part of that is not just to make more money but it's because she starts to get a bit of a reputation of a troublemaker she's pissed about these things that have happened to her like something happened to me outside of my control and then my parents sell me and then i don't i can't even make a go of it because i didn't start young enough so i'm gonna make as much money as i can so she starts skimming off the top she steals from clients um, she's bouncing around from brothel to brothel, trying to make as much money as she can. But then something draws Sada back home to Tokyo. What might have happened to bring her back home? <gasps> A blemish on Jim and Sue. A blemish Ooh. on Jim and Sue. <laughs> Hi, Jim, Sue, Tokyo. Hi. 
Uh, a blemish on Jim and Sue. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I we've we've mentioned a sister, so I don't know whether does her sister okay. have a baby or does her sister. Oh, that's really I mean, is sweet. It, oh no, it's, it, I can tell now it's gonna be something. Is her sister <laughs> dead? Basically, yeah, illness yeah. or death. Yeah, maybe the dad is dead or something, and now all of the rest of them are homeless because women can't own stuff. That's my guess. He's dead, Jim. <laughs> There's a comma in there. He's dead, comma, Jim. <laughs> I really liked your sweet little like oh, we're having a shower <laughs> these two sound very naive on this podcast and, um... dad agreed to unsell you for a day <laughs> unsell you come for a around day. with booties um, it is it is a death in the family her mother dies Aww. and then her father becomes ill and she looks after him for months because um, nothing says thanks for selling me off like Wiping your dad's bum. It's tough times, guys. It's all right. Drunk women solving crime. Kathleen Rose, Alexandra Pintican, Bob Nickum, and Terry Nickum. Sarah Walters and Sarah Wiley, Paula Kilkenny, and Tom White. Aoife Hughes and Anna Corby Finally there's Sophie These are our patrons If you'd like to join Why wouldn't you? It's Patreon.com Forward slash Drunk Women Solving Crime Opera's really tough Now I really understand It's hard and I won't Be doing it again Goodbye and thanks for All your support Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wait a minute. Where are the other seven siblings that she? Yeah. I mean, she is she's making good money here. Yeah. Five of them die. Oh, oh shit! I've left this out because the case is dark enough. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! Five of them die. I know. Do, what in childhood? Uh, or at this point, there's only three of them left. There's a lot of illness. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Don't worry. It gets really fun and violent soon. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay. So back. <laughs> Fun and violence. Okay. This is this is still we're still in the nineteen twenties, right? Uh, yeah. We are. We are. I, I mean, no spoilers, but I don't. Nineteen forties. Some gets stuff's about to happen. Rough ride. Um, so Japan. now back in Tokyo, Sada starts working at another illegal brothel closer to home. But something happens while she's working there. What happens? Not another assault. It's not another assault. We're okay. done with. Okay. We're, we're done with her getting assaulted. Something happens. While she's there, or something happens there, something happens at something the happens at the brothel, and it changes the trajectory of her life. Oh wow! They get yeah. raided because <gasps> it's okay. an illegal brothel. Okay, does a man fall in love with her? Okay, Ooh. is this me being too optimistic? <laughs> <laughs> You're so naive. <laughs> no, it's that's me. I'm naive, and I think that there's a baby shower. There's a baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Who's the daddy? <laughs> They've got all the condoms to blow up. Does <laughs> do they in the nineteen twenties? Probably they? not uh, very no. much. They, I think Excuse they do me. use prophylactics, but yeah, I don't know if they're inflatable. Like sheep's lamb bladders or something. Yeah, ox bladders. <laughs> Call baby options. bladders. Yeah. yeah, they're the smoothest. <laughs> Any advance on that? Um, does she? I was sort of. I don't know. I'm looking at her trajectory, and I don't know whether does she become the like the 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 madam, as it were, the head of the. Because oh, yeah, I feel oh, like she's got a like bit of think. business she acumen has, to she her. She's got the chops. Yeah. Well, Katie, you were correct. The place gets raided. Huh. It's illegal, but she does not go to prison uh, because a friend of hers who's a very high-profile madam, uh, who she did not luckily rob from, steps up, talks to the authorities, says, this is a good person, let her go, and says, you need to change your life. You've got to get out of this world. And she said, I really do. So what profession does she go on to do after this? I'm pointing to him. She points to Hannah. I'm she pointing to him. She becomes a podcaster children's writer. What? <laughs> no. no, your first answer, the answer before. She becomes Oh, she becomes oh, but, she? but she's supposed to get out of that world, right? The madam tells her to get out, but you think that she goes, Well, no, actually I'm gonna take your job. Well wait, well, she's in illegal prostitution. She could go legal, oh, couldn't she? Okay. Or maybe. Or mm. she sees she sees it. Baby shower, right? Okay. Baby shower. And she just says, I'm going to run a nursery for all the children of all of the prostitutes yeah. in Tokyo. Because that's got to be good business. They oh, need wow. Okay. Do you think? Yeah. I, I'm very, very topical right an now. On-site, <laughs> an on-site crash. What, would, it be the, would it be on-site, though? Would, would you really? Maybe I mean, should. maybe nearby. It's an outdoor space. <laughs> I feel like it's a complete departure from the story. It is. It is <laughs> to keep her there and I'm like no she's gonna no, we're gonna move back to the Kobe beef we, we survived the heavy the heavy sex right. work section of she's, the story okay. she's, she's gonna get out of the I sex think work she's gonna either she's gonna become a singing teacher okay or she's gonna like maybe be a self-defense teacher so no one else gets assaulted Ooh, okay. or just become a politician or something although I imagine oh. you probably wouldn't be able to be a politician as a woman in the 1920s no, anyway I wouldn't imagine an uh, accountant sure. oh back to them taxes just saying she knows she knows how the system works I'm like if <laughs> These are all good answers. They really are. And actually, uh, Rhea, you were correct as well because she goes into the restaurant business. Oh. And she falls in love with the restaurant owner. Oh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it all turns out. Good. Oh, does it? <laughs> does way. it though? Does it? <laughs> uh, but your next question: uh, What did so she starts as a waitress, but then she works away very quickly as an apprentice. Um, so she's working higher and higher up. Uh, she's working for a man called. Uh, excuse the pronunciation of this if I butcher it. Uh, Kashizo Ashida. And my next question is: What did Ashida's restaurant specialize in? Kobe beef. What dish? Kobe <laughs> beef. I wish it was Kobe beef. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's far off. Is it a, a Japanese cuisine? Miso like? soup. Oh, I was going to say burgers just to be different. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Kobe beef burgers. Um, uh, I shall tell you, it was eel. Oh, oh love wow. eel. They specialized in eel. and I love that that's like Japanese and like north of England as well. I yeah, feel like in the north they'll it? have like roll mops, I think they're called. That's My Dutch. granddad used the to. The Dutch is roll mops. Oh, is it? Mm. Yeah, roll mop herrings are a different. 
Oh, oh is there a role mop eel as well? Oh, God, you missed a no. trick not naming your son role mop. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something. Cause I always remember when oh. um, when my dad... Oh, no, they do eat eels, like in Norfolk, I think, don't they? Yeah, it's just something about my granddad when, when he came down to live on the Isle of Wight. From, actually, he was from Nottingham, from the Midlands. And my dad would go fishing and sometimes he'd catch an eel by mistake. And he'd always put it just in a, a Summerfield's plastic bag and he'd give it to my granddad as like a Aww. present and he'd eat it. <laughs> and I just always thought it was so horrible because oh, it would move about. Oh, and I was they like, freak me out. Oh, so East, East London, though, don't they? It's where yeah. people deal. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, which I guess they got from the Thames. As well. Did they, were they catching them from the Thames? Is that why they're such a London thing? Ooh, Ooh the Thames. It, was, it wasn't as bad back then, though, the Thames. True. Yeah. The Thames was swimmable in, up I've to a certain point. I've been in the Thames too. I've been swimming in the Thames. Why? And I'm Why? <laughs> you fell in the Thames as well. Well, I did. I did paddle boarding. It was further down the Thames, so I told myself like it's much cleaner, twenty miles away out of London, which it might be a little bit, but I fell in a lot. Yay! Now, <sighs> ask to see my gills. So it's interesting that eel was believed to have been one of the most powerful aphrodisiacs at the time. Okay. Oh. And here she is madly in love with this Ashida, and they started having a very, very steamy affair. How steamy was it? Well, according to Sada, the two would have sex for days, staying in hotels and not stopping, even when servants would come in to serve them sake. Which is a bit much. Wow. <laughs> it's a bit like with Sting, isn't it? Whenever I think yeah. about like extended sessions of sex, I always think of Sting. Oh, God. And I just think, like, his was, I think, only a few hours, but like days and days of it. I'm getting societists yeah. thinking about this. Like, yeah. Oh, I never. Yeah, I get bored is like never 20 minutes. Seven. I know, please. I like efficiency. I don't understand yeah. this whole thing with like make it last. I'm like, no, if you can do it in five minutes, that sounds great. Please. <laughs> My husband's literally an efficiency expert. That's what's so funny. <laughs> Trained to make things shorter. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, as long as we all get there, right? <laughs> yeah, look, everybody likes different things, but it's just, yeah, it was, I remember learning this about, like, Elvis and Priscilla, too. They would just have, like, marathon <gasps> session. But these poor servants coming in just trying to start, like, they're just doing their job. I felt bad when I was a server just interrupting conversations. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like the people are doing that. Do you, are you th- thirsty? I'll just I'll just leave it. Don't bump don't bump it over. Um, <laughs> so Sada described Ashida. It is hard to say exactly what was so good about Ashida, but it was impossible to say anything bad about his looks, his attitude, his skill as a lover, the way he expressed his feelings. I had never met such a sexy man. But Sada was very jealous of Ashida. Why was that? Has he got other lovers? Has he got other lovers? Well, you called it an affair, so I assumed he was married. Did I? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well done, paying attention. <laughs> Did, yes, he was married. All right. I'll just give it away. Wait, so let me get this straight. So she is a professional prostitute for many years, mm-hmm. but this, the first man that she sleeps with for free after all that time is the first one that she covets? Mm-hmm. I don't think he, I don't get the sense he was the first man she's been with relationship wise, but it's definitely oh, the first okay. guy that really 
that really little socks off. That's imp- that. I mean, that's impressive because she's got a wide range of experience. Yeah, she really, really does. Um, she really does. So she has pictures of this guy. You know, yeah. I'll, you know fine. I will Google him later. I'm sure there, I'm sure <laughs> there are photos of him. Yeah. I have seen photos of her, but not of him. Um, so Sada couldn't really have him except as a lover. Take the win, I say. You're having a great time. There's and no pressure. And if his wife isn't finding you after days and days of being away in a hotel, <laughs> yeah. she obviously... You're in the clear. Yeah. There's a lot of eel conferences happening lately. <laughs> Paul. His name's not it's Paul. It's the Paul season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Sada started to get very intense, and she'd get very angry when it was time to say goodbye. One time she grabbed a knife and put it against Ashida's genitals, threatening to cut them off. <gasps> What was Ishida's response to this rather dramatic gesture? Do it. Do it. I dare you do it. Okay. Then you can't have it either. Ooh la la. Yeah. I don't know why I said ooh la la. <laughs> ooh la la. Any advance on this? I just don't know what you would do in that situation in the sense that you'd kind of, you'd want to be sort of you wouldn't want to make someone angrier if they've got their, a, mm-hmm. you know, um, a knife to your genitals. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, sometimes when somebody says something mad to me, I'm always like, I'll always kind of go like, God, you're so funny. I'll just laugh it off and be like, oh, what a great joke. Yeah. So I don't know whether he's like, oh, you know, God. So the old tactic of when someone's making you uncomfortable in a bar. Like, yeah. Ah, yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, does he go to the bar and ask for Angela? Like, <laughs> <laughs> which is ironically his wife's name, and it gets very awkward. Yeah, yeah, she's right here. Um, <laughs> Katie, any advance on that? Um, this case, I man. I think he makes a mental note to hide all the knives. Okay. Uh, do you know what, Hannah? You're right. He laughs. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, he, wow. just, he thought it was a big joke, but he also got a little bit turned on by it. Wow. I oh, know. No. So Sada and Ashida begin experimenting with a dangerous sexual practice. What was this? Boy, I can't wait for your answers. <laughs> it's, I don't, okay, I don't know what it's called, but is it something to do with nearly cutting off your bollocks? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Katie pretending she doesn't know what it's called. Like she hasn't done that before. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> I've just it's it's pinching. Pinching. Well, like, what, like, like pinching. Well, yeah. It's called a lop them off. A lop them off. Oh, it sounds like a Sesame Street character. Here comes the lop them off. If people, you know, like the asphyxiation thing, and then yeah. that, you could fly too close to the sun, and then that goes wrong. It's got to be something that can injure his genitals, and they're going to fly too close to the sun, and yeah. it's going to go wrong. So I have no idea what the kink would be, but if right. they've discovered it with a knife on some genitals, it's got right. to be something to do with a knife on some genitals. Right, like a sort of, um, who were they? It was Angelina, is it Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton? Oh, yeah. Okay. Had their whole blood thing going on. Oh, yeah. yes, they did. Yeah. In a vial. They wore each other's blood in a vial around their neck. So is it some yeah. kind of bloodletting thing? Oh, oh, I mean, were they teenagers when they did that? Because yeah. like, that's just such a sort It's so teen emo, isn't it? it <laughs> Emotionally. Really, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I will tell you, and actually you said the word, it was autoerotic asphyxiation. Oh, okay. So they start, kind of adorable, really. 
that's not just not too worried. So not auto would, if someone else is there, though. Oh, sorry. I don't know why I threw Is it just auto. erotic? Is it just that's erotic? That's when you're alone. Right? I was just trying to sound like I knew all yeah. this stuff. Asphyxiation. So she started um, strangling him. Um, and it would get very intense. There was one time when his face got frozen in a grimace because she had done it so hard. Uh, so his face was just sort of like stuck. <laughs> I know. I oh, really wow. shouldn't laugh, but it's really weird too. <laughs> and he had to take like 20 Valium until it relaxed. Oh, no. Yeah. And so he said jokingly, well, the next time you do that to me, it hurts so much. Just, just finish me off. <gasps> what happens next? Oh, having his jokes. They've got yeah. slightly different sense of humor and it's never yeah. quite worked. <laughs> I'm not sure your jokes are really ending. Yeah. Oh. What happens? That would be awful. <laughs> no, that's such a... Just thinking if he gets a fixed hit like, and it's his cum face and then he goes home to his <laughs> wife and she's like, I know what you've been up to. Yeah. Because it's stuck. I yeah. think at this point his wife is just like, oh, you're home? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think at this point in time that she's she's so relieved to see him. Oh, you're back. Thank goodness. Where have you yeah. been? How was the conference? It's, oh, you. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I mean, I assume that she kills him. Okay. Yeah, sometimes when you're making jokes, you should be having honest communication is the lesson from, yes. I presume, his immediate tragic death. Mm. Well, okay, so she does. She does strangle him to death, but she does it in his sleep. So Ooh. they have sex one last time in this hotel and he falls asleep and she strangles him. Um, and she describes feeling an enormous sense of clarity once this happened, like a huge weight lifted. Um, and then she does... Something else, which is pretty outrageous. What does she do? Does she cut his bollocks off? She does a lop him off. Does she, she actually have some more fun with him after Ooh. she strangles him? Because it, there will come a point after a few hours where he might be strong, you know, turgid enough to uh, oh. to have some more fun with. Rigor mortis mm. also sounds like a Sesame Street character. <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch Sesame Street <laughs> just to contextualize <laughs> who is and isn't on that show. It's my favorite show. <laughs> uh, hey, hey Rigor, what are you doing today? Hello, Lopamon. It's good to see you. <laughs> Sorry, and I know because this is, this is a hugely dark case, but it was too fascinating to not do. She cuts off his penis and his wow. testicles. Okay. Puts them in her pocket. And then she carves uh, her name in his arm and writes something to the effect of, we are together forever. Does she get caught for this crime? (laughs) (laughs) This is a trick question, surely. (laughs) She signs the crime scene. Do they catch her? Yeah, they've got the penis in her pocket. I mean, unless you I mean, met- circumstantial at best. You heard my story. Yeah. Circumstantial. That doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Oh, they could the have got that in any other way. Yeah. Yes. What if someone else cut it off and put it in her pocket? We've not thought it through. No. What if someone else signed her name? Yeah. I mean, was it in her it's handwriting? What if it was a stitch up? <laughs> well, <laughs> only if they spelled it wrong. Shit, <laughs> I spelled it wrong. I better stitch that back up. <laughs> it's a frame job. She does indeed get caught for this. It's not a great idea to carve your name into the murder victim. The murder victim. Uh, just top tips. So she had this idea that she wanted to jump off a cliff with his penis. I don't know why I'm gesturing. Like I'm sure it was on the right side in that pocket because that's where I'd put it. She wanted to jump off a cliff with the penis and the testicles in her pocket so that she could just end up in the afterlife with them. 
Because she loved his penis so much. Yeah. But the wow. rest of them, she could take them or leave them. I mean, there's something, <laughs> there's something poetic about it, I suppose. I, can, we, can we go back a step? We can. I'm missing the part in her origin story where she learned that this is what together means. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at what point did, did, was it Sue? Like, I don't think it was Sue that went and then you oh, strangle him in his sleep, yeah. you cut off his balls, and you, you scratch your name into his arm, and that is togetherness. Like, wh- where does Together? This- no, but there's something weird. I know it's weird to say this. There's something weirdly poetic about the way she's been treated. The, the, yeah, I think because she's had that assault. Oh. There's like. It gives me completely projecting with my psychology that I've learned from blogs. But, um, <laughs> it's like she's reenacting the violence that was done to her, but she wants to keep her favourite, the only penis that's been kind to her, that she's properly chosen. Yes. So she's like, this is the good one. I know. It's hard. We try to defend every woman we ever talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's sort of how oh. it is. I'm like, oh, it was like, that. it was a non-violent, like, consensual yeah. penis. In her yeah. Wasn't he so nice cheating oh. on his wife with her? Yeah. He was so such good. a good uh, penis. I need, I need to wrap up this. I need to wrap up this case, but I shall tell you, um, you can imagine the shit show that ensued press-wise. Um, and the war w- was obviously kicking off around this time and it's really depressing because the press were like god all we have to cover is the war it's getting so dull and then they're like oh my gosh this penis crime penis crime penis crime um you can imagine what the trial was like there were a lot of ex-lovers that came in and testified one former lover came in and said that uh she was sexually insatiable she was a woman who wanted sex at least four times a day at first it was nice and then it exhausted me um in the end, uh, it's it's not going to be much of a surprise that she was found guilty, um, but she only did five years, amazingly. She was convicted what? of... Do we know why? She was convicted of murder and mutilation of a corpse. That's just what she got sentenced to. Wow. wow. Crazy. It almost makes it no, worth it. No, that is what happens when men hear that there's a woman who wants sex. They're like, well, yeah, yeah. we should punish her for her crime, but how soon can we get her out again? Yeah. <laughs> what that was. That is a male-dominated justice system. You know what? It's really strange to see that because one of the things that came out of this is that... The judge said she had to marry him. No, but the judge admitted how turned on he was by all the testimony. He doesn't doesn't have to say that. I know, probably keep that to yourself, judge, Um, but he admitted it and you got to think that he probably... Gave her a lighter sentence. Um, she ended up having quite a happy life after all this, believe it or not. She did interviews about it, and she was very open about the experience. Wow. Um, the experience yeah. of cutting a man's balls off and scratching yeah. her name into his arm after strangling him in his sleep. Yeah. That one. Oh, so nice that yeah. she was able to talk about it. It's, it's eat, pray, love, but with a twist. Um, she kept a pretty low profile, uh, but she agreed to a very lengthy interview about her life, and she's become the subject of many books and films. Eventually, she disappeared from public life entirely, and she died in 19. 19- 71. Wow. Just a footnote, Sheeta's penis and balls were put on display in a museum, but someone stole them, <gasps> and they've never been found. Yikes. Whoa. Until now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, everyone! Cheers! Wow! Drunk women solving crime. Got a case from a listener. Good afternoon from Ontario. I run a tiny independent school for kids located in an office building. After a long weekend, we arrived to the school and a bunch of our laptops and monitors had been taken, as well as some of the students' work ripped up and thrown around. Our vacuum cleaner and air filter was stomped. Suspects. 
two stoners that hang out in the staircase of a nearby parking tower. Um, they're generally kind and step aside when you need to use the stairs, but they've been there every day. <laughs> Suspect two, a homeless man who sleeps in the elevator, our school lobby, or the lobby to the school building. This man used to care for a pigeon that he had tamed. So far, these suspects are not grabbing me. That doesn't fit the MO of one. (laughs) Yeah. Suspect three. Someone we don't know that knew the parts of the building were empty. The police did come to investigate, took notes, and looked for fingerprints and found nothing. The thieves used our own trolley to get the items out of the building. (gasps) So we have to solve this one quick, guys. What do we think? It's none of those suspects. I can tell you right now. It's someone that knew. So if you're ripping up children's work, you have a personal vendetta. Yes. If you go in there and you're just stealing the equipment, that's because you're just in there. You know, it's a crime of circumstance. But if you're ripping things up, that means you have a personally emotional invested nature in something. Yeah. So it was either against a member of staff or an ex-student. Yeah, ex-student. How old are these kids? You're making me think that. It does not say... Any, any of them got some like big enemies because like, just it, it does and feel you're right. Was personal. there an empty so. club opposite? The, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I would like to was know the like... laws in Ontario about squatting, and then we can blow this case wide open. Yeah, ex people that got bullied. I agree. It feels like ex pupil because yeah. you. But you're so right. You would just not bother to do that. That's personal. Vendetta. I really hope that they're four or five years old. <laughs> <laughs> Seven year old. Like, when, when they don't say, you just don't know. Like, it's a preschool. Yeah. Oh, um, Rhea, we have just enough time to okay. ask. Rhea, what have you got going on? Please tell us where we can find you. Um, what's what, kicking off for you? What do you want to plug? Yeah. What I would love to plug my tour. I'm touring this Ooh. year. Um, so it's going to start in September. Um, it's around the UK, but we're adding more dates. So just go to realina.com. Cool. Have a look. Look it up. Please come see me. What's the show called? Reawakening. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. Thank you. I know. So That's I hope good. I hope it's as good as the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great place to start, and no doubt it is going to be yeah. fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us. One more time. Thank you. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.